I don't remember exactly where I read this story for the first time. It may have been a book, or it may have been an English textbook for learning English. What I do remember is that the story took place on the White Cliffs of Dover. This is a well-known area of the southeast of England. It is a high area, like a, a hill, except a cliff means that the hill is vertical. There's a vertical drop down to the sea. And these cliffs are famous because they're made of chalk. Chalk is a type of rock. In fact, actually, you might be familiar with it because we use chalk to write on the blackboard. Or rather, teachers used to do that. Now perhaps we have smart boards. Anyway, um, the story takes place on top of the White Cliffs of Dover. And really it's useful for B1 students who are looking for language to do with the countryside. The sea, the sky, and words connected to nature. So those are the words which I'll bring out in this story. As I have just said, they are B1 words, B1 vocabulary. And the story is called Hattie Weatherspoon. So here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. So, as I just said, I'm going to tell you some of the words connected to nature which you can listen for in the story. As I just mentioned, there's the word cliff, which is C-L-I-F-F, which is a hill which has a vertical drop down usually to the sea and we call those cliffs and it's possible at the white cliffs of dover to walk very close to where the drop goes down and that we call the edge e-d-g-e the edge of the cliff so words that we talk about when we have a very good view V-I-E-W, are scenery and landscape, which are words with a similar meaning. Scenery and landscape, which is what we can see when we look out as far as we can see, and the hills, mountains, sea, or countryside in front of us 
we call scenery or landscape. Now, many landscapes and scenery, when it's to do with the countryside, we can describe as peaceful. Peaceful meaning very quiet, and we feel quietness inside us, and that is something we call peaceful, which is a B1 adjective. We're going to talk about the weather, and the weather in this story is it's a clear day. Clear, C-L-E-A-R, which means there are no clouds in the sky, or very few. We talk about a rainy day, when it's raining, R-A-I-N-Y, and we talk about showers as well. We use this word showers to talk about rain which falls now and again for a short time. The same as like when you get into the shower to wash yourself. We call those showers. We've got the word rock. I mention that word because of the cliff is made of this white rock called chalk, R-O-C-K, rock, and chalk, C-H-A-L-K. So anyway, in our story, we've got a clear day. It's a cloudless sky, cloudless, which I've put in there. It's not a B1 word, but it's useful to know how we use that suffix less, L-E-S-S. So if something is cloudless, it means it doesn't have any clouds. A blue sky, in other words. Then another thing is when we're describing scenery, a landscape, and it goes up and down, we say that the land rises up. The land rises up. So a hill, for example, rises up to the sky. And on this uh, clear day and the cloudless sky, we've got a gentle breeze, B-R-E-E-Z-E, which is a very light wind, usually something that we enjoy, a gentle breeze. And then we have the term fresh air, which is a B1 expression. Remember that fresh in English doesn't really mean cold. It means something which is not bad. Like, for example, if you say fresh fruit, that means fruit which is straight from the tree and it's good to eat. Not like, for example, a banana which has gone brown or black. It's not fresh. So that's usually the meaning of fresh in English. So fresh air means really clean air, not bad. Not, for example, like in a city where there's a lot of pollution. Then we have a geographical structure, a bay, B-A-Y, which is a semicircular form where the beach goes round in a semicircle like that and the sea goes in and we call that a bay. And the final one, talking about nature, is uh, butterflies, butterflies, which is a B1 word I found out which are those little insects which we all love, 
because they have very brightly coloured wings and they fly over the grass and flowers and they're something that we all enjoy when we go out into the countryside. Butterflies. Okay, so that's the vocabulary. Listen for those words as I read through. And perhaps you can also think as well about the sort of person that this man meets while he's walking along the path on the edge of the cliff. Can you identify with the actions of this woman he meets? In the story, I also include language and way to talk about hypothetical situations. I do this because it's important when you're doing a B1 exam, for example, like the speaking in the, the uh, picture, for example, or in part four of the speaking exam, where you may need to speculate, to say things that you don't know, but you imagine, or you say, perhaps. Listen for that language in the story, how I express these hypothetical ideas. So, here we go. Hattie Weatherspoon, rewritten for B1 English by M. A. Bilbra. It was just one of those perfect days for a walk. It had been quite rainy a few days ago, but the showers had now gone and the warm May sunshine had dried the path that goes along the white cliffs of Dover. The scenery is quite spectacular here. The cliffs are made of a pure white rock called chalk, and they rise up to a height of 110 metres above the sea in some places. On a clear day, and this was one of them, you can just see France, which is over 40 kilometres away. The path is quite close to the edge of the cliff, so as I looked down at the dark blue sea below, the waves seemed far away and moved slowly over the water in tiny white lines. On my left, the land was green, but with very few trees. Instead, grass covered the little hills that rose up to meet the cloudless sky. The wind up here can be extremely powerful and make walking difficult. But today there was just a pleasant gentle breeze, which felt warm on my face. In those days I used to come for walk here when I needed to think about something, to make a decision perhaps about my work or my private life. However, there were times when I used to take the train from London to the cliffs because I just felt I needed fresh air and a time to relax from my busy life in the capital. Today was one of those days, so I wanted to enjoy every minute of my walk in this peaceful landscape. Above me, 
in the enormous blue of the sky, I could hear the song of birds, singing that never seemed to stop, and was lovely to listen to. Yet the birds, which I knew to be skylarks, flew so high up they were impossible to see. I thought I was alone on that path along the cliffs until I came to a bay. Far away, I could just see somebody walking towards me. As the person came a little closer, I could see it was a woman, an elderly woman, or middle-aged, perhaps. She was wearing a long navy blue coat and hat, both of which seemed too warm for that bright May morning, as well as out of date, rather old-fashioned. We got closer to each other, and I began to see more detail of the person I was about to meet. It was quite surprising the way she walked. There could be no reason for walking along that path unless you wanted to enjoy nature, the scenery, and the beauty and sounds of the countryside. The path went nowhere except to a lighthouse, where you had to turn round and come back. However, this woman hurried along with quick steps as though she had an extremely important appointment to go to. She looked down at the path as if annoyed at the spring flowers and plants that prevented her from walking more quickly. I imagined her name might be something like Hilda or Hattie. Perhaps Hattie Witherspoon. She was that type of woman. She probably worked in a library, though she would be in charge, of course. She looked like someone who liked to tell others what to do. Now, I thought to myself, she had retired and lived with her cat, obviously not a dog as she'd be walking it now, in a large village house. She lived alone, of course, because she had never married. Who could possibly live with such a nervous person, who could not relax even when walking on the white cliffs of Dover? As she could no longer tell people what to do at work, I imagined she was now involved in activities in the local church. She organised local church events, perhaps, and got others to do things, while she checked everybody did as they were told. As the path was narrow, the time came, at last, when Hattie and I had to pass each other. We came almost face to face, so I stood to one side to let her pass. Hattie, without looking up, walked past me. She said nothing at all. I turned and said, Good morning. Hattie paused and looked at me. Oh, good morning, she said in a bright voice. Then she continued on her way. I couldn't believe what had just happened. After wondering about who this woman was, where she came from, and what sort of life she lived, I felt it was impossible to have guessed how anybody, even though completely lost in their thoughts, could walk past another human 
in a place such as this and say absolutely nothing. Two people, alone in that huge landscape between the sea and the sky, and she didn't even say hello. I carried on with my walk, watching the butterflies as they danced over the grass. Despite the mysteries of nature, I wondered at the greatest mystery of all, the behaviour of humans. I hope you enjoyed the story, and I hope you heard the language that I used to talk about nature. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.